0: This is the Bully Pew Podcast brought to you by Protestia.com and all of the wonderful patron supporters who for only $5.95 a month support this ministry on a financial level. Uh, Other levels of support as well, but we want to give a special thank you to those who are bringing this program to you. The Bully Pew Podcast is the... Uh, I guess the free podcast that we bring in in its entirety, Uh, we also produce and I host protestia tonight which has a freeloader side and a vip side and you can get access to the entire protestia tonight podcast if you are a patron you'll get that dropped in your patreon feed uh, roughly once a week both in video and audio form the bully pew podcast also shows up in patreon but also is out in the podcast ether as well so you can add it to your favorite podcast or your favorite podcast playing program and likely that is where you are listening to this right now or possibly I guess on an embed on the live and podcast page at protestia.com anyway i digress the part of the reason i think that uh, we give the do the whole uh, bully pew podcast for free uh, you know no ads none of that kind of stuff is is well I don't, I don't know how to say this the right way. It's just me driving around in a car talking about stuff, talking about whatever is hopefully current in the evangelical conversation, what is on my mind. Um, it is not particularly well-researched or cited, and so <laughs> I would kind of feel bad in, in sort of holding that behind a paywall because um, I, I suppose it's more likely to get things wrong. Try not to do that. You'll notice the title of the podcast, The Bully Pew, um, is it's a play on bully pulpit, which is was the term um, I believe coined by Teddy Roosevelt to talk first of all bully being um, you know special or good or noteworthy or, or that kind of a thing not bully as in schoolyard bully and pulpit being the the place set aside for speeches to be made to the entire community, he referred to the. US president as having a bully pulpit, special access to the American people. Um, and in this case, I have special access, to the extent that you are listening to this program, from the pews. I am not a pastor, as, as you all well know, um, and, but, and yet the miracles of technology give me special access to talk directly to you about all things going on in evangelicalism and the church conversation at large i have to be honest with you i started recording this i wasn't exactly sure there there are two topics sort of on my mind that um this could go one way or the other um but i suppose we might as well rip this band-aid off there have been um a lot of you that read protestia and that who are and who are active on social media know that there's there's a still a hotly contested sort of debate going on right now uh, in evangelicalism over the issue of, um, Christian nationalism. And really, even if we set that term aside, the, the debate and, um, the, the testiness and and then the, the back and forth is really, is really based around the Christian's, um, duty or their approach to civil society and governance outside of, or, or in addition to, and next to their, um, um, their religious uh, practice in terms of uh, the church and church culture and and the responsibilities there and and the debate over exactly how those things should interact how they should relate to one another is really at the core it's at the core of what we're discussing here and those of you that have read and I would encourage you to go read this if you haven't thus far uh, my article from a few months ago the the op-ed entitled uh, the case for Christian citizenship my basic conclusion in that article was if you say hey one side of this um, this this debate here, and I by the way, I sort of outline the two sides of this this de- this debate in the article um, but basically I, I basically came to the conclusion that in the here and now. For a citizen of the United States who is also a Bible-believing Christian who has placed their faith, hope, and trust in Jesus Christ, the the outworking of of both what both sides are arguing for is remarkably similar. There's there's a there's um, a lot of common ground here as far as how um, how we are to live our lives and under of course under the umbrella of the liberty we have as Christians to to respond to the um, leading of the Holy Spirit as we read scripture, as we understand it, as we seek to apply it to our our lives and our family and our situation. the Whatever ministry calling God has uh, placed for us, which every believer, every believer has a ministry calling, um, it doesn't matter if you're a pastor, pew sitter, um, you know, Uh, podcast host, whatever you are, God has placed you in a certain, certain place and, and you are to minister as a, a, as a slave of Jesus Christ in the context in which he has placed you. Um, but that, that looks different for different people. Um, and so like currently, as I record this podcast, there's quite the, the hot debate on social media about whether, um, it is, uh, appropriate, whether it is uh, strategically valuable, whether it might even be, um, uh, might even be required in some way, morally obligated in some way for Christian families to leave um, places in the country that are more liberal, uh, you know, leave blue states, go to red states, fortify, um, politically speaking, I suppose, and also culturally speaking, fortify red states. That's quite the, the um, hot button issue on social media, and of course it's related to this because Christian nationalism is is really about the Christians um, interaction and, and strategy and, and actions as they relate to their participation as as citizens, as uh, members of a country and and citizens of a country that is um, you know well culturally speaking becoming less and less Christian that's the that's the issue that we're talking about. And so, um, but the more that I, the more that I talk with both sides here, the more that I, I see, you know, the the pluses and minuses. I would argue of both sides of this debate, and and you know, I I, I believe that most, especially the names that you know or that you've seen, or you know, those who have published books or they write articles, or they do they produce content pertinent to this debate. I believe that these are these are you know, brothers and sisters in Christ, and I believe that they're that they are earnestly trying to do um, to to do what they believe is obedient to the Lord in all of these areas. I think they're, in other words, I think they're engaging in the debate with in in good faith. I don't. I, so far, I haven't I haven't run across anybody willing to discuss anything with me that I've that I've really believed. Hey, this this person is a bad actor, even though obviously both sides. Um, disagree on fairly substantial things from time to time, and so I'm, I'm trying to work through it and figure out: okay, what is at the core of this? What, what is what is really the major differences? Because and in, in my um, Christian citizenship article talks about this, but there are there are distinctives, there are um, theological distinctives that seem to define one camp versus the other. And, and one of them, I, I might even argue the biggest one in terms of how um, each side is, is uh, ad, you know, how they're advocating what they're pushing for. One of the biggest dividers here is it's eschatology. It really is the difference um, in those who are of a um, amillennial or postmillennial persuasion and those like myself who are of a premillennial persuasion. Um, a premillennial uh, inclination. We believe that uh, you know, as a premillennialist, I believe that the the coming of Christ occurs premillennium, before the millennium, and that he that, that Christ will establish a one thousand year reign on earth, just as Revelation 20 says multiple times. And yet there there are those who are you know my brothers and sisters in Christ that believe differently. And we might say to ourselves, well, what did, I mean, how does that make any difference right now? This is we're we're talking about what's coming later. Um, how we how we interpret uh, what Scripture says about the eschaton, about the end times. Why should that be affecting um, this debate here and now over um, how we're going to uh, try to get rid of drag queen story hour? How we're going to try to advocate for God's righteousness in the here and now? Um, but I, but I think it's it has more of an impact than we realize um, because it it inevitably affects the balance, if I could say it this way, the balance of um, our emphasis on a personal level, on an institutional level, on a family level, um, the balance on um, where we think, where, where we're placing our hope, where we're looking for victory um, between, and balancing in between um, spiritual victory that is Christ's in salvation and the building of the church um, and the, the, the building of the kingdom of heaven. And where we look for uh, the the earthly kingdom, the earthly realm, the here and now, um, what what the Bible says multiple times and in multiple ways is uh, is still um, under the power of the Prince of Darkness, under the power of Satan. The Bible is clear about this. Um, and and so, what I'm getting at here is if you if you are a of a post-millennial persuasion, and I'm sure. Um, some of my post mill uh, friends, who you know, um, again, I mean, I can't overemphasize how wonderful I think that they are, even though clearly we disagree on this, and how how much partnership we can undertake together, uh, especially in 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 culture warring kind of a, kind of uh, issues, because even as a pre mill Baptist, I, I I would argue that uh, we should be the OGs of of culture warring because. Um, we we don't see our lives and and our our comfort here on earth as something to be grasped, um, and so we, we just we should just go in headlong, fearlessly. That's that's pre should be the epitome of culture warriors in my in my view, um, because we, we're we just unapologetically will tell you the truth. We will unapologet unapologetically advocate. Um, for everything that is God's righteousness No matter no matter uh, What the cost to us personally um, But I digress If you are a, of a, a post-millennial persuasion And I'm not saying that post mills don't do that Don't get me wrong But um, a, a post-millennialist would, would Believe that um, The millennial Kingdom is Here and now at least In a, in a stage it's being developed right now That the 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 period that we find ourselves in um, that, you know, that we're, they're partial preterists at least, so so some of the, the millennial prophecies, of course, would be argued by most post-millennialists to have already occurred, um, already been fulfilled in AD 70 with the destruction of the temple and whatnot. But basically would say, hey, the, the millennium, the thousand years, isn't necessarily talking about a literal thousand years, and in, in fact most would say it's not a literal thousand years. It's just a long period of time, and we're kind of in it right now, and we are, because Jesus uh, said before his ascension that all authority on heaven and earth has been given to me, that he is ruling here and now, despite, and and I guess, I mean, you know, I'd I'd have to ask, uh, you know, scholars, post-millennialists who who have um, more solidly established their views on this, I guess I'd have to ask. But w- was that point where Jesus said, "All authority on heaven and earth has been given to me"? Was that a was that a um, a pivot point? Was that a point where now um, the the Bible verses and, and um, things like that, talking about Satan's uh, the 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 earth still being under the do- the dominion of Satan, has that flipped now all of a sudden? Because I hear a lot of my a lot of post mills uh, talk about how um jesus is ruling here and now the lordship of christ is active here and now on earth um and yet they, they they don't really indicate hey that's in a judicial sense because because uh guys like me would still say well yes jesus is is sovereign god is absolutely sovereign over um, what is happening here and now but is kingdom is not of this world his church is being built in opposition to the the spirit of the age in opposition to the world um as a spiritual kingdom and upon his second coming um, upon his return he will establish a judicial rule a physical rule a very visible and 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 clear rule over the earth but that time is not now and um but to the post-millennialist it 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 is happening now and I guess he's just he's taking his time that's that's been one of the hardest things to understand for me is how we can see and, and and it's ironic it's paradoxical but how we can look at the world around us and all of the the terrible things happening in culture the terrible things happening to you know to kids in schools that, that I mean the terrible violence just the, the godlessness that we see all all around the world that that I mean, and this is ironic, that they would argue necessitates a more militant stance, a a more militant stance, a motivation to young people to you know take up arms, as it were, so to speak, in the cause of advancing Christianity in the world. And this is a this is a um, a postmillennial understanding that the church will take ground on the world slowly but surely. The church will advance into the godless world and quote-unquote christianize it prior to christ's second coming um all of this depravity and horribleness that necessitates and calls us to that kind of a stance that kind of a a more militant um stance which largely largely i'm on board with because uh, you know why would we apologize for anything that's god's righteousness no matter what it costs us you know that's that just culture warring in general um but but the 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 awfulness around us that necessitates that I find it hard to understand how they can reconcile that with the 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 claim that Jesus is ruling ju- judicially here and now. Um, why why if God Almighty is ruling is is ruling the earth um, because you say all power all 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 authority on heaven and earth has been given to him. Why would he allow any of this to be happening? That's not, um, God's judicial rule is, is God's judicial rule. And instead what we see around us is the kind of depravity and godlessness and, and horrifying things happening on a daily basis that would indicate that no, as the Bible says, Satan is still the prince of um, this world and that Christ's kingdom is indeed a kingdom not of this world. The two things don't recon- reconcile uh, logically. They don't particularly reconcile biblically. Um, and I have heard um, some, some uh, you know, post, post-mill uh, pastors and preachers and, and, and public figures uh, say things like, well we you're not going to be able to motivate young men to do what they need to be the fathers they need to be and be the be the citizens they need to be and be the leaders they need to be and all of that with your pessimistic eschatology your, your mill eschatology, which basically says that, um, yeah, this world's going to get worse, 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 and worse until Christ's coming. You can't, you, you won't be able to motivate them to do what they're supposed to do. They need optimism. They need, they need something to build. They need to be able to, they need to step up and, and, and take dominion, um, and be motivated by these things, which strikes me as a, a very, um, pragmatic stance, especially because a lot of the a lot of the folks um, advocating that way are supposedly Calvinists they're they're those that believe in the sovereignty of God in electing um, his people in calling his people they believe in the sovereignty of God in salvation which means that they believe in the sovereignty of God in um, building the church building the kingdom um, in the timing with all of this so it, it seems to me um, that pragmatism is not becoming of those that believe in um, the sovereignty of God. Basically that God is going to uh, do as he wills with or without my, my help. And by his grace, um, hopefully I can be blessed enough to be used that way, but God is going to save whom he is going to save um, no matter what my strategy is. No matter no matter how many um, earthly institutions I am able to um, Christianize, quote unquote, um, and 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 I think this this difference, if if you realize that the, the difference between somebody who says that that the millennial kingdom is here and now, and in and, and we are in the midst of seeing it being built, the church is advancing on the world. And and frankly, I don't know if they are saying when they say this that this is a um, you know a physical institutional advance or if it is a spiritual advance in terms of at some point the the narrow gate and the wide gate will be flipped and the world the, and the wide gate will actually be um, the wide gate will actually be uh, Christians. That, that's that. That's a question that that I'm not sure I've heard answered. Maybe maybe it's been somewhere. Maybe someone can point me to it. But I haven't heard answered. Okay, if if, if we as the church are advancing on the world here and now, and it will get better and better, as as um, the millennial kingdom comes to full fruition, at this point, or the um, and of course millennial means a thousand years. So I, you know post-mil, post mill post post millennialism is. Um, Generally speaking, um, those who hold to it don't hold to it being a, a literal thousand years. That would be it would be hard to do that because you, you you would say okay when when does that thousand years start and stop? Instead, they usually hold to it, it's just a long time, quote unquote, a long time. But in this long time, as the church advances into the world and takes ground and um, things actually become better over this long period of time. At what point does it flip? At what point does it become? Because I don't think anybody could argue right now with any sort of um, biblical evidence, with any sort of logical observation, that that the world as we see it right now is um, is a Christian place. Um, I have heard a few pastors say things like, "Well, part of the evidence that that." that um, Christianity that, that true belief true religion uh, is coming to dominate the world is because the early church was really small and, and regional and not super influential and now look Christianity is everywhere um, to which I would answer well yeah Christianity is everywhere but most of it is false Christianity millions hundreds of millions of people enthralled to the false prosperity gospel enthralled to the false word of faith uh, movement taking advantage I mean th- that, false, that false anti-Christian uh, religion that um, takes advantage of the poor and the broken. Um, you know, millions um, believing in the false gospel of Rome, Roman Catholicism. Um, Greek Orthodoxy is a fa- teaches a false work- works-based gospel. Uh, um, so yeah, quote-unquote Christianity is all over the world, but true believers are still a remnant. It is still true what Jesus said, that narrow is the gate you know, uh, few find it. Few find truth this way. It is a small percentage. And so for those that believe that the church will take over the world, more or less, that, that, that we will advance on the world to, um, see the millennium, to see the kingdom come to full fruition prior to Christ's second coming, at what point does that flip? At what point does the narrow gate and the wide gate basically change roles? And you know is there a point at which okay now the majority of the world is are true christians they're regenerate believers they are um a, the adopted of god well, at what point does that happen or is it simply a an overt uh, in name only cultural advancement and the true remnant stays the minority as jesus said um while the culture the culture gets more and more quote unquote Christian, is that and 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 this when when we think about it in these terms, we start to understand why you see the emphasis where it is in in the two camps that are debating this issue. Because again, if I believe that we are advancing on the world, that the church is to take ground to usher in the kingdom, so to speak, or or to to see the kingdom come to uh, to fruition. Um, that's going to change my emphasis and it's, you know, as, as someone who believes that our, um, our slavery to Jesus, our, um, love for God, our commitment to, um, proclaiming the gospel and our, our understanding that, that this involves, um, risk and persecution, and we, we don't look for earthly victory, material victory. Um, and yet, with every opportunity that we're given as citizens, as those who are blessed to be in a country where we, we still have some semblance of self-governance, where we can still speak freely, um, we should take every opportunity to advance the truth of God's righteousness, of His law, um, of his moral standards as someone that very clearly believes that that is, that is a subordinate role um, that only um, only makes any sense, only has uh, a true calling in its subordination to our um, our love for God. Our love for God comes before our love for neighbor. Um, both both are important, but one is is subjugated to the other. And if if instead, um, you accept and by the way I'm not saying that, that this is not somehow a commonality this is a common theme on both sides I think both sides believe this um, but it can it can change the emphasis if our if we also have a hope in the the building of the kingdom here on earth the hope that um, that things will get better rather than... Um, And and that Christ's Lordship is judicially on earth here and now, that it it can't help but change our focus. It can't help but, you know, possibly, you know, the risk is that now we're placing our hope in um, not only in our eternal salvation, but also in the idea that the world, which, I mean, if you look around you, you know, pay atten- Pay close attention. Is still under the um, the rule of Satan, of the Dark One, um, the Prince of Darkness. Is still uh, th- this world is still under his control. Um, it 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 can't help. If if we think that's not the case, then we're we're looking for hope in something else as well. We're looking for hope in uh, rather than. A hope in looking for Christ's second coming upon at the point where He will establish His kingdom here on earth. Um, so Revelation 15 talks about the the kingdom of um, the kingdom of this world becoming the kingdom of Christ at this point. Um, it I mean again we can't help but have a um, a different view of, of how exactly our citizenship works out. What, what exactly our, 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 uh, civil responsibilities, how does that look? And so, I mean, to, 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 bring it back to the debate that seems to be happening right now on social media about, um, conservative families, Christian families and things leaving blue states to go to red states, um, you know, Pastor Joel Webman has, has written a, uh, I, I think it's a pretty short book. I'm not sure he's, he's, uh, graciously agreed to send me a copy. Um, I guess hoping that I'm not going to like light it on fire or something, which of course I won't do. I'm, I'm, I'm interested to know how, you know, what, what the, uh, the arguments are here. Um, exactly how this is formed at which point, you know, we, we may do a, you know, a review or something, or, or perhaps discuss it. Um, I am a staunch premillennial Baptist, and, and um, Joel um, is a postmillennial Baptist, um, among other things. <laughs> like um, he, he would describe himself, and um, several of these postmill Baptist guys describe themselves as general equity theonomists. I think James White describes himself as a general equity theonomist, which, of course, I've argued and, and we've argued for a long time as a contradiction in terms. Because the term theonomy is, it doesn't get to be uh, sort of stripped of its historical context and its um, where it, sort of who who originated that term and started using it. But but I digress. There are things to, in other words, there are things to debate. There are things to work through and figure out. Um, but the 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 eschatology that informs all of this, you know, in other words, kingdom is the kingdom here and now and is slowly being built by us. You know, by God's grace, we're we're seeing it come to pass over a long period of time. It is s- slowly but surely forming here on Earth. Or does the the Millennial Kingdom arrive at Christ's second coming? Um, that this is perhaps the most pivotal component to want to you know behind a lot of the debate around Christian nationalism right now. And we we have to be you know we have we have to seriously understand that um you know i would argue that these eschatological differences are not they're not first tier in terms of being uh, pivotal to salvation um those brothers and sisters who are post-millennial believe in salvation by um uh, by faith alone um you know Um, by Christ alone I mean they believe the five solos of the Reformation they believe they practice Um, most of them are they they fully understand the doctrines of grace the idea that um, God is the originator of salvation in the human heart um, that we are dead in our trespasses and sins and only upon um, by God's movement and his regeneration are we capable of making a decision for Christ um, we all believe these things together, um, and and yet, the outpouring of this, and I mean some of the some of the back and forth, some of the you know kind of memes and, and things, and I'm like, don't get me wrong, I'm I'm one for a good meme. think stuff's hilarious. I think it's effective. Uh, it certainly can be, um, but there 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 seems to be developing a a level of baggage and bad blood. That it is like you know I don't want to see I don't think is necessary, but we got to start by drilling down to what are the real what you know what are the real distinctives here? Why why was there such a a a massive reaction and everybody getting their their you know underwear in a twist uh, when John MacArthur uh, uh, says and it's clipped out that hey we lose down here. And so, such a motivation to, to misinterpret that as anything other than pretty standard pre-millennial um, um, understanding of the of the eschaton. So, if if like me, if like myself and John Macarthur, you believe that the world is not going to get better prior to Christ's second coming, um, and yet, and yet at the same time we're going to culture war, we're going to fight for the truth of God's word with every area that we've been um, given responsibility, every area we've been given any sort of authority and influence, we will turn it over, we will, um, and this is just a, just a metaphor here, I'm not talking about the literal, what, what will happen at the end, but we will, we will turn around and give that right back to Jesus, we'll cast our, we'll, we'll set that crown down at the feet of Christ, Every, every little bit of authority, whether it's in our family, whether it's in um, you know, our role in self-governance, um, if we are elected to some sort of governmental position, it will be clear um, that we subjugate that immediately to the Lordship of Christ. We are slaves of Christ, so it doesn't matter where we're placed um, in life, um, we will do all of those things um, under the, under submission to Jesus Christ. Um, and that's, that's really what he was saying. So when he said, Hey, we're going to lose down here, he's not talking about eternal loss. He's not talking about salvation. He's not talking about, um, um, you know, the, uh, the saving of souls or the advancement of the kingdom. He's talking about material things. He's talking about our comfort. He's talking about, you know, our respect and our position in the community and whatever. Um, Christian history um, and martyrdom and whatnot indicates that that's, that's how it happens. The martyrs, quote-unquote, lost down here. Um, they lost the material things. They lost the temporal things. They lost the things um, that were going to be destroyed anyway. They that, that were, that were never everlasting. Um, that, that's clearly what he was talking about, but there was such a reaction to, to get that wrong. And it was very much a pragmatic reaction. It was like, hey, wait a minute! You you don't want to say we're going to lose down here. I mean, how how are all the young men who we want to be motivated to be good dads and good Christians and good leaders? How how are they going to stay motivated if they think they're going to lose? It's like redirect their hope, redirect their hope to what can't be lost. It's Christ's victory anyway. It's not theirs. You know? I mean, what it, the the um, at what point is the servant greater than his master? He's not. The victory is not to be is not here for us to win. It is Christ's victory, and it is a, and, and, and he is winning all the time right now, building his church right now. The kingdom of heaven is advancing right now, despite all of the terrible things that we see around us. Drag queen story hour does not stop God one whit from building his church. Doesn't stop it, that, that it you know and and that's i think that's what we have to get across and and, and that's that's the context of what macarthur was saying that's what we what, that's what we believe as those who um believe that christ's second coming will be the establishment of the millennial kingdom and frankly i would argue that should give that that is that is the more hopeful view it is more hopeful to say um, to look at the world around us and see the bad things happening and see things crumbling and see um, what, look, what look like um, and they are in this temporal way quote unquote victories um, for unrighteousness advancement of unrighteousness in a kingdom that is ruled by unrighteousness the more hopeful eschatology is to say um, God is not he's not stopped by any of this He's not wait. He's not waiting around um, to build his church. He's building it right now. A kingdom not of this world is being built right now in every place around the world. You know whether it's whether it's Texas or New York, California, South Carolina, it, you know, um, sub-Saharan Africa, China. Um, the kingdom of God, um, the kingdom of heaven, the church, is. Um, Is being built, is being sustained as we speak, and He will do it with or without us. Um, God's will is not thwarted by our inability to um, to convert the culture around us. I'm sitting in the car right now, looking across at at a store across the street that has a United States flag and a Colorado flag and a and a gay transgender pride flag right in the middle um who's in charge over there would would Christ Christ's lordship on earth here and now allow that kind of a, a desecration no of course not and and the millennial kingdom Christ's second coming and that millennial rule will not allow that there will be no gay pride flags flying around in the millennial kingdom but they're flying here and now and there's nothing that I can do about it um, I can proclaim, I can preach, and I will, and I'll say that that's sinful and wrong. Every opportunity, if, if given the opportunity to make the decision about something like that, I will decide in favor of God's, God's word, and that flag will come down. And yet it's flying there right now. Nothing I can do about it. And yet God is still, Christ is still um, sitting at the right hand of the Father, um, still all authority is given to him in heaven and earth. Um, and yet th- because his plan is to come and establish his kingdom, that's why you see the immorality around us that we do. Um, but again, I mean, you know, I, I think you get my point, the diff, but the differences in how we see, um, the, the kingdom, the millennial kingdom, the differences in how we see, um eschatology they inform a lot of this and i think that it's it's important that we um as much as we can in a true spirit of of brotherhood and in understanding and in being willing to um disagree about something like this amiably we 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 still need to call down to the issues and understand what we're talking about here and i think this is this this is a big part of the distinction that we see right now in the, in the, um, in the Christian nationalism debate. Anyway, I, I hope that's been helpful. Um, I would encourage you if you're a uh, post-mill, don't drop your patronage, please. <laughs> we still need to be doing that, uh, that work together. Um, if you think that I've gotten something wrong, misinterpreted something about it, please, uh, don't hesitate to reach out. Um, I appreciate you taking the time to listen this far in. Um, I would encourage you, uh, Please don't, uh, don't don't assume that anything I'm saying is some sort of pessimistic uh, uh, view of things. Um, rather, it is an it is an optimistic view, an optimistic view that um, Christ has already won this. Um, God's will will be done. Um, with there, there's absolutely no chance that uh, anything other than God's will will be done. Um, you and I and all those adopted as children of of God here. Um, have every reason to be, uh, 100% hopeful, even in the face of the evil that we see around us. Um, anyway, have a good uh, rest of your day for the guys that protest This is the bully pew podcast. We'll talk to you again next time.